0: gentlemen. Tonight is going to be a, a refresher. All right, all right, all right. I continually talk about this Majestic 12 uh, uh, briefing document continuously because of its importance in trying to uh, t- to understand how a subject like this became so secret. And um, the findings of uh, Stanton Friedman in his investigative work to legitimize this, uh, eight page, uh, document that got leaked to the, uh, public, um, shows signs of, uh, true actions by our government in response to the acquiring of this, uh, fantastic technology that, uh, came out of the, uh, cosmos. And, uh, took an interest in uh, what we're doing down here and uh, continuously stay in the darkness because of uh, a policy that the uh, government has enacted. And uh, the the policy of secrecy is uh, very tight and um, uh, the extraordinary uh, people that were placed in charge of this uh, project to uh, keep it from the public most of these individuals were uh, picked from the uh, Manhattan Project, which was the highest classification project that the United States had. And who else would be, have the highest clearances to keep a secret such as this? would be these particular people. And uh, any, any outside individuals had to have the highest clearances also. Now the <clears throat> the succession of um, the people in in the list that's in the majestic twelve, they're listed in a, in a particular order. So the person on the top of the list has the highest clearance, and the one on the bottom has the lowest clearance level. Um, trying to trying to uh, understand what that that significance is. It it just points out that the, the first top three on the list are very significant, and I, I call them very special people. And uh, <clears throat> during the investigation work that Stan Friedman did to assess what the backgrounds of these individuals were, um, he uncovered their background because uh, they were very... Um, listed in their, uh, their what do you call their, uh, biographies and their uh, resumes. And um, the one that has the highest clearance level is um, Vannevar Bush. He was the leader at MIT and then at Carnegie Institute. He was head of um, many, many what I call alphabet agencies, And one of the agencies that's particularly uh, interesting is this agency that preceded the uh, NASA agency. Now, NASA stands for the National uh, Aeronautics and Space Administration. Now, this other agency called NACA, N-A-C-A, which was a forerunner of the, um, like I say, NASA, And um, it involved Bush as the uh, general coordinator of the uh, Project Paperclip during uh, the the finishing uh, years of World War II, where where we took uh, outstanding individuals in the uh, German uh, military, uh, such as Wernher von Braun, and he was a Uh, but uh, very uh, instrumental in developing the uh, NASA Saturn V rockets. And during his occupation uh, with the Nazis, he uh, built the the V-2 rocket, uh, which rained down on England. You know, he was uh, of of value to the space program of the United States. And uh, he worked uh, diligently to develop uh, the space station, and um, a lot of other things that um, created the, uh, the Apollo program. And um, his ideas were really uh, ima- uh, unbelievably uh, imaginative. He had a big uh, open mind towards space, and uh, he was more interested in uh, develop- developing rocketry than he was in developing... Um, the atomic bomb, and and that was good because if if the Germans had developed the atomic bomb, uh, we may be all speaking German today. (laughs) So um, the employment of uh, the people that were disregarded from the the Nazi uh, programs, and these people were voluntarily Uh, brought over to the United States, and and cooperated and uh, developed our our space program. Now, the other thing I wanted to point out, too, that um, the individuals that were involved in the uh, Manhattan Project, and there was quite a few. I mean, uh, we're talking about thousands and thousands of people that were involved in this uh, Manhattan Project. And uh, Dr. Bush was... uh, Very instrumental in, uh, you know, uh, keeping this uh, information uh, from the public. So naturally, when uh, Truman appointed Forrestal, James Forrestal, to uh, select individuals in conjunction with uh, the recommendations from uh, Vannevar Bush, naturally, they would use people who had the highest clearances in the United States to study the results of the Roswell uh, crash. So who else would you pick but people from the Manhattan Project? These were people that are all cleared, and uh, they would be uh, the top of the line. And uh, the other people that I mentioned in the Majestic 12 group were also very specifically... Uh, designated individuals that had high positions at, uh, at the highest points in our government. Um, this fella that's listed on here, uh, the list is Gray Gordon. He was the Secretary of the Army, many high security positions for Truman and for uh, General Eisenhower. Jerome Hansacker was an aeronautical engineer. He was an MIT head, and uh, he was the uh, the head of NACA. They
1: were definitely smart people. That, that, Very that smart. That's what we know.
0: <laughs> and uh, when, when the Majestic Twelve document first became uh, public uh, to the to the investigators in the UFO subject. Um, the name of Donald Menzel st- stuck out like a like a sore thumb, and uh, that's because his background was not really known. He was a head. He was the Harvard astronomer. He was an expert on eclipses and cryptic analysis and radio propagation, which I'm not really sure what that is, but it's probably understanding uh, radio uh, transmissions. Mm-hmm. But uh, his his Clandestine uh, secret operations were in developing um, cryptic, uh, transforming, uh, transforming the uh, the uh, secrets that were coming out of uh, Japan and the code breaking. He was a uh, very bright in that area, so he was another person that would be needed to assess the s- symbols that were mentioned on the Roswell craft. So his, uh, his need to be brought into this was uh, essential. He would be uh, cleared again uh, as a top secret uh, level uh, cooperating uh, person in the uh, government. The other person that's also quite interesting is this fellow named Walter Smith. He was Ike's. He was Eisenhower's World War II chief of staff. He was ambassador to the United the USSR, and he was also the uh, director of the Central Intelligence A- Agency. He was the fourth in line after the CIA was developed. Um the other pe- the other fellow that's on the uh, Majestic 12 list that's very uh, important is Nathan Twining. He was the head of Air Material Command at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base during World War II in the Foreign Technology Division which would assess uh you know apprehended uh, craft from the enemy. And these craft were brought to Wright-Patterson for analysis. Mm-hmm. And so this would also be a place where you might want to bring an ET craft. You know, before it was brought to uh, Area 51, it hey. wound up in the hey, beginning.
1: My, my name's Rob. Do you guys have any jobs uh, sweeping the floor of this joint? Yeah, I'm
0: a good sweeper, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, the consequences of bringing this craft to uh Wright Patterson led to the uh the story that surfaced in the late 60s and 70s it was called hangar 18 and yeah. there was a movie based on it about the alleged uh bringing of uh ET to this uh, hangar and, they, and everybody was questioning the uh the military oh is there aliens at area at the hangar 18 so with all that all that uh, questioning going on it, it became a, a nuisance because they didn't want to answer any questions so the program was moved to Nevada and um, the, sometimes
1: the, the research or, or the yeah the investigation is the beginning of the cover-up
0: right? yeah because once it gets it gets underway people are going to probe and say you know, what are you doing? Uh, why, are you, why are you putting that large fence up, you know? Hmm. I, uh, I find that secrecy has uh, stemmed out of this, uh, this uh, how would you say, uh, this, pro- this project that was put together to, to study this subject and what to do about it. Should it be told to the American public or should we keep it quiet and try to back-engineer the equipment that we have, uh, picked up. So the, the, the assessment of, uh, the people in charge of this felt that, uh, it should be kept from the American public until such time that the agenda of these creatures were more open. They would keep this from the American public and they have been doing this. The, uh, ACIP program, which became pretty uh, popular in the, in the last few years, which mentions how the, the government is monitoring these objects and um, trying to point out that uh, they, know, they don't know what they are, but they want to keep track of them. This sounds like a very similar program that was enacted in the early 60s called Project Blue Book, which also disseminated the same types of statements that they didn't know what these things were, but they continued to hear reports from reliable witnesses and so forth and yang, yang, yang. And so this Project Blue Book was terminated in 1969 with the, uh, the ultimate statement that uh, there was nothing to this. And so uh, the project was uh, discontinued. And now, all of a sudden, when those pilot's reports uh, started getting a lot of attention and questions started to be asked to the White House press secretary, of course, they would circle around uh, the question and and just uh, avoid answering it, really, and and, and classify it as uh, a security issue. So, you know, this is uh, because it's being monitored. They don't have to answer anything about it. So... They get away with this uh, reason for secrecy, and yet during the <laughs> the early days of this subject, when it was put under secrecy, the uh, the people at the top, such as the president, were exchanging information amongst themselves, as each administration would come into uh, uh, their their right of office. uh after Truman signed the executive classified, uh, order to, uh, create this, uh, project, uh, Majestic 12, the president <coughs> Eisenhower was, um, disappointed that the, uh, that the government's uh, assessment was to not, uh, bring this out to the public and, and, tell the world that, uh, you know, we're being visited by a, an extraterrestrial race. We don't know what they want, but we're willing to, you know, have discussion. And this uh, this didn't sit well, because too many questions would start to be asked as to uh, why they came here and, you know, why now, you know, and... and the information that I've come across over the years indicates that uh, there's a, a nuclear interest in, in uh, their coming here. You know, I've had discussions with people in the neighborhood that I live, and these people are, you know, in the age level that I am, and uh, they, they sit around in the morning and they have their coffee and they discuss things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I certainly like to jump into the conversation because I feel that the the public needs to know whether I teach them in a a lecture or whether I do it on a one-on-one basis. I'm not afraid to uh, discuss this this, uh, odd subject. And uh, today was an interesting day in that uh, I I got uh, questions from someone who didn't quite believe that our government could keep something like this you know from us and i said well do you know how many people worked on the manhattan project and he he didn't have any idea and i said well i happen to know how come you don't know you know it's available to everybody and he said well how many people two dozen i said how about fifty thousand? he said oh that's nuts i says really <laughs> If, if you understood how, you know, people take pride in, in uh, you know, being a, an American, you know, especially after the war was, uh, you know, ended. I mean, uh, we expected to, 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 to live in peace and, and then we had a new potential menace on our hands and uh, whether we should be open about it or we should, or we should be uh, studying this. To find out wh- why they they are here and what they ultimately are up to, you know, are they here for uh, friendly purposes? Are they here for uh, occupation? You know, are they here to do to destroy us? Well, um, all these questions think, are put you to would me. Think they would
1: have done that already.
0: Maybe yeah. All those oh, things unless are, they're
1: waiting for unless they're busy getting the last bit of the gold out of Fort Knox
0: maybe yeah right they're <laughs> just draining the resources that that we have on this planet but uh, but all these potential um, uh, reasons for them coming here I've, I've speculated this on many times uh, I mean I must have had dozens and dozens of ideas why they any one of these ideas could be the reason that they're here true you know so why focus on one of them they don't the government is not really sharing
1: the information
0: right they're not openly uh, and that's why they were uh, pressured uh, by consensus that this subject until we know what they're up to that this subject shall, shall be remaining top secret and uh, 70 years later it's still classified top secret and that's one of the reasons i i wanted to create a. Uh, uh, um, uh, the podcast and why I continue to speak about it, and mention that the best way to start to understand it is to start reading this document. And uh, it's it, there's a, a very special way that I think anybody that gets a hold of it from uh, going online. It's available on uh, the Black Vault uh, website. And um, I recommend that uh, if you have a chance to turn off the TV and turn off the, uh, <laughs> the children and turn off the dogs. Unless and,
1: it's um, the, um, ancient aliens or something
0: Well, you can go into a closet <laughs> and, and read this document w- without any interruptions. Uh, that's my best uh, way to read it. It's, it's something that uh, you don't need any interruptions. It's, it's, it can be read in about 12 to 13 minutes. And uh, my best uh, suggestion is once you finish it, read it right over again because it'll, it'll sink in a little better. And uh, people say, well, why you put so much emphasis on this uh, document? I said, well, I said, if you knew what I knew, <laughs> you would feel the same way, that this document is – the most uh, important document that was ever released from the government. And uh, I stand by it um, after all these years of uh, double-checking these people and uh, the momentum that this uh, Project uh, Majestic 12 has caused in our government has caused a tremendous amount of uh, secrecy. And that secrecy was noted uh, by Kennedy. President Kennedy was very against all the secrecy, excessive secrecy. Let's put it that way: the secrecy that you know is is justified, and then there's secrecy that's excessive. So he was he was totally against excessive secrecy, and he felt that it would lead to a uh, a broken uh, nation.
1: Well, here's something that Louis uh, Louis Elizondo said about secrecy. Um pretty recently. This is about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. or 2 years ago, but yeah, he said, you know, and he was working in the Department of Defense and he was working in the um
0: CIA. U P what is it? Uh the uh, uh, ASAP ASEP program. I guess that's what it was. Yeah, um, ASAP, ASAP.
1: And you know, he's been pretty vocal uh about The existence of uh, UFOs. (laughs) Um, But anyway, he said there are lots of pockets within the Department of Defense that may not necessarily know exactly what, you know, another pocket is doing. Right. The right hand doesn't always know what the left hand is doing. They try. I don't think it's deliberate on purpose. Yeah, right. That is the, it is the <laughs> yeah, well that's what he's saying here. Yeah. Remember, he's got to tell the line a little bit. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a misinformation campaign. I think there was a question as to what the government knows or doesn't know. You'd probably have to bring it up to the government to answer. I certainly don't want to guess why the government said what they did. I can only imagine for two reasons. A national security, and if it's not national security, they just didn't know.
0: Yeah, I've heard, I've heard him be a little more daring than that. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> when he said that, that he's been chastised for, for bringing this subject up by his superiors because it's pub- It's getting too much publicity.
1: Yeah, and he, um, he, you know, one of the things that he said, I think we played it on probably 10 or 15 episodes ago, but when he's saying that uh, there's, you know, they – they released these two clips. There's many, many, many more clips of where where those two came from. Uh, But we've only seen two. Yeah, well, you only need one, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's true, but yeah. It just shows,
0: well, they have, of course they have a lot of probably pilot. Oh, yes, pilot videos. (laughs) In, in 1950, during the Korean War, a photo was taken of a UFO over the South China Sea. That photo is now on the front cover of a book called Above Top Secret mm-hmm. and uh, by Timothy Good. And that book uh, is revolutionary in that it compiled such a large collection of sightings and cases from around the world in every country. And uh, you can't dismiss every one of them as being uh, hogwashed. I mean, even if, even if 1% of those uh, stories are, are true, it, it just opens your head to well, what are they hiding? You know, the, uh, the implications of uh, a cover-up actually creates more problems because it, the more you try to deceive, you, you know, the lie creates another lie and a lie just continues to uh, to build and uh people see through these things just the way things are today we're being told one thing and yet the next day we're being told something else and then we have to differentiate between which which story is the truth and uh, that's sad you know to be uh distrusting the uh, the government that we uh we look for for uh security, not, not just in the uh, military sense, but in the uh, emotional sense. You know, who wants to go to bed every night thinking that uh, we're being uh, deceived? But in, in regard to the the question of whether it's in our own best interest to be in the dark is a valid question. You know, I've often said to people who won't accept that uh, we're being uh, Misled about this subject, I always say, you know, maybe it's in our own best interest not to know the whole subject uh, because
1: more like me now.
0: It comes there, there could be something very uh, uh, negative about knowing the the whole truth. So uh, just just knowing that these objects are, are being spotted and and monitoring uh, whatever we're doing down here is is, uh, is crazy enough because. What what is it that they're looking at? Are they looking at what we're doing to each other? Are they are they uh, mystified about the uh, the death rate of humans on on this planet in the last hundred years? I mean, how many millions of people have been you know destroyed? Maybe they like the food, you know, Texas barbecue. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, you know we're a That's meal to grab the cows. You know, they're trying to do it themselves. Yeah, you know <laughs> what we think of as uh, you know solvent green could be w- us. To some, uh, some uh, extraterrestrial society that, that that ran out of food and provisions, and they're and they're it searching. It yeah, it you- it, may, it opens up a whole bunch of questions. So the best way to answer those questions is not to answer any of them hmm. by putting it into a classification that that prevents through the, the,
1: through the through of our government through the
0: use of what they call compartmentalization, hmm. right? compartmentalization was used all through the war to collect information and pass it on to higher you know agencies and that's how you know the uh, the secrecy uh, got out of control and, and and John Greenwald who who wrote a fantastic book called the inside the black vault has yeah, he, he made so talk, a uh, talk about that for a he minute. made a, a request so. to the uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, division, and uh, as a result, he had over eight thousand requests that he filed, and he explores he explores the um, the, the give and take of information that these uh, requests um, either gave some information or other times they were. Uh, denied under the uh, the national security uh, provision because the FOIA um, pro- uh, provision of, of releasing information is based on a non national security uh, issue. In other words, if anything, if anything steps into the national security circle. It's it's uh, it's eliminated from having to be uh, answered. The request doesn't get answered. It's it's either blackened out or it's uh, it's uh, it's it's told that there's no reason to release this information. It it, it involves a, uh, a national security, and uh, so the the these are ways that this this FOIA request really has no. It has no way of uh, giving you the accurate information that you want. It, so you have it, to you have to it, piece through it. Drew. It has a
1: little bit of a success rate, though. You know, I mean, oh yeah, it it, ju- it's the it persistence just, of it, and uh, it yeah, causes and, problems sometimes.
0: And, it, and and the very and fact the that means, it right? the very <laughs> fact that it does give you these reasons, it, it it hints it hints at something that's being hidden. It just. You know, the more you try to hide something, the more it starts to look like you're you're really hiding it, because you're 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 you're, you're tiptoeing around the answer. You know, and uh, you can do that just so much. You know, yeah. And then uh,
1: sometimes uh, an accidental thing happens, or like you pointed out the other day, um, someone younger that doesn't isn't aware of maybe some of the older issues that they're trying to keep mm-hmm. a cover on. Mm-hmm. Don't even know what they released. <laughs> yeah, most people just are, are failed to redact. I should say most people w- w- is definitely not helping.
0: Right, <laughs> and, and and most people that that are young in the younger category. Uh, I don't mean to offend them, but uh, they'll they'll read the first uh, two or three sentences and they won't proceed to follow the whole story to the end, and uh, that that leaves out a lot of information too because uh, y- you can you can create an agenda. With two sentences, that satices, satisfies someone who doesn't really pay too much attention to detail. And uh, when you're when you're interested in detail, or you want to know more, more, more specific facts about something. You, you, you can tell when somebody's um, you know tiptoeing around the uh, the answer because they uh, they're stuttering. They're, yeah, not, and, they're not making eye contact with you. They're no, they're well, yeah. they're they're putting ah uh, uh, every other word ah uh uh, uh, uh I have to get back <laughs> to you ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh. And so when someone starts to do that, you know that they're 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 playing games with you, and uh, I, I'm tired of that. You know. At this point, though, the anyone who you know they actors have been
1: filling mm-hmm. the roles. In, yeah. In we have actors that we have great actors in I right. So you don't even know, you, but, you don't see any flinching
0: anymore. But, but we you also see have shiny, people shiny faces. We also have good people that uh, are like me in that persistence, in that they want to know just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. I don't want no BS truth to slap me in the face, please. It, it's 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 tough when you when you have a, a, a modern day. Uh, phenomenon with, with technology that can, you know, uh, uh, keep track of these things and 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 collect a whole file on them through the use of video. You know, we didn't have this uh, capability fifty years ago, sixty years ago. So when people were spotting these objects, they would grab their uh, camera and try to take a, a photo of these objects, and, and just try to picture how, how it is trying to take a picture of a a moving object and with, an, with a, with uh, a, with a camera, you know, it, it doesn't really, unless that camera is on a fixed position, tripod, it usually doesn't give you any. Uh, well, because also if you're talking
1: about something reflective in the sunlight, mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard to,
0: yeah. I to mean, make
1: out what's behind that shine. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. You're not going to, how are you going to see the detail of it when the light's coming off of it? Mm-hmm. And or and at night they have really bright lights, mm-hmm. so it just so looks like a bright is, light. the yeah. more the light is messing then, with the right the, video with the vision, and photo, yeah, and it's just so uh, when, you when, need
0: infrared. When, when you collect uh, enough of these uh, these so called uh, camera videos or camera uh, pictures of these objects, they they all come across very bizarre in their appearance because. The way that the uh, camera picks up something when it's not held stationary—it it just the, the the struggle to keep a straight hand while you're holding the camera just doesn't just doesn't work, especially if this yeah, object too. is if yeah, the I mean, object is zigzagging around. Going, well, especially it's so far away, so if you
1: just barely move because of the you know yeah, the, I mean you are just the, moving it just. A, distance, a motion a little bit it, you, that wobble in your hand is you know it's a hundred feet swoops <laughs> so it really messes up yeah the, and if it's jumping around in the sky uh forget about and it and when you it, you think oh well, of course where well, you use autofocus but the the lighting and the depth the autofocus is not not good at long distance yeah and they didn't have autofocus yeah. years you ago you gotta have there's some really you know swank um Infrared cameras, long distance. Yeah, today, cameras. but not the,
0: back in the 50s. Yeah, but they 50s. still get yeah, there. They're pricey,
1: but, you know, I want to get one. <laughs> it would be yeah. nice to have. <laughs> oh, they have,
0: a tele- they have a pair of binoculars, right? You told me that right. they have a camera mm-hmm. that's or, mounted. Or
1: like a telescope, that, you know, like a single, like a telescope uh-huh. um, with uh, the infrared built in.
0: Yeah. And it has a camera. Did and, you and, mention and that takes, they, you like, a- they take SD cards? Look yeah, the right, 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 see, right. Yeah. That's amazing, mm-hmm. that stuff. And that all that all you know brings up the whole question of, of trying to validate something that that's been denied to exist. So you have you have two you have two uh, two statements coming out of the uh, the government. Well, the, have the, the the new the new Samsung's supposed to have it built in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the White House version, and then there's the. Uh, The so-called conspiracy version Mm. of all these things that, uh, oh, we don't know what these things are, but we will keep our eye on them. Yeah, oh, sure. You've been watching these things for 70 years, and you still don't want to tell us what they are. And and just recently, uh, a very famous pilot uh, passed away. Uh, His name was John Lear. He was the son of the uh, famous pilot uh, who developed the Lear jet. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of high uh, clearances, uh, and he's been mentioned in some of my books. And uh, one of the things he mentioned uh, <laughs> in one of the books that I have is that um, when um, the, uh, the disc at Roswell was uh, shown to the uh, investigators uh, of the, uh, the base where this object was brought, uh, the, these people were, you know, used to uh, looking at things that they didn't understand and they would, you know, pick up a pen and pencil and they would get to work and figuring out. But when they uh, approached this uh, object or parts of this object to uh, to uh, back engineer it, they were scratching their heads. And that was one statement that stuck out from John Lear when he described Hmm. The, uh, the curiosity that was filling these, uh, these engineers and, and people that were brought in to uh, figure out what this uh, stuff was. And uh, they had no idea. So they had to develop business, uh, machine, business machinery that had to be developed to, to study this, this, this weird material. Which is mm-hmm. like been, industrial stuff. Yeah, I mean, that, you, just think if you took a if you took a watch from today and you brought that watch back two thousand years, they couldn't figure out. Right, they know that it's a clock, but they couldn't they mm-hmm. couldn't study it because well, they didn't have the equipment to to figure it out. The first time, you, you know, so. You're, you're stuck on an island, and then someone brings
1: you a cell phone. You don't see. You see, it's not connected to anything. You have no concept of what Wi-Fi is. Mm-hmm. You, you would not understand.
0: Right, right. It would just be like you're looking at something magical.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. still don't
0: understand. <laughs> yeah, and you still don't understand. But your mother always told you to get off that cell phone. <laughs> Thank you, Tesla. I, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm amazed at the the technology that we have today, and. Uh, you know, there was a, a this, uh, description in the, uh, the book, The Day After Roswell, which was a, a bestseller in the New York Times. And, and in the book, uh, written by uh, Lieutenant Philip Corso, he mentions uh, several uh, pieces of technology that were, are in common use today. And these, these uh, technologies uh, were misunderstood when they were first uh, looked at but today, we have uh, integrated these uh, these technologies into our uh, everyday life. And one of the earliest uh, technologies that came out of the Roswell uh, back engineering program was uh, what I believe is the transistor, which was, uh, of all years, it came out in December of 1947. Hmm. Just a few months after the Roswell crash, the, the transistor actually revolutionized a lot of things in our in our world. I mean, it seems like a simple thing, the transistor, but yet it had so many applications from radio to you know who knows what you know. And uh, the other object that was uh, originally uh, thought to come from the Roswell. Uh, debris was, uh, fiber optics. And when it was first saw it, when, when they first saw it, uh, they, uh, comments were, uh, called, uh, they called it, uh, plastic spaghetti. I heard statements that they called, hmm. it was called plastic spaghetti. I laughed at that. That was pretty funny. And yet when you look at fiber optics today in a, uh, in a very simple way, when you see it, uh, Connected to a uh, a brush or a uh, a trivial thing, you see these thin little fibers that are like maybe a half a millimeter in, in uh, diameter, mm. and there's you put a hundred of them together, and you wave them back and forth, and sometimes you have products that are made with these these fibers, and they put a light in it, <laughs> yeah, and right. the fi- and the light shines through the fiber. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. fiber optics now yeah. that 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 that's a technology that that's implic in, in uh, excuse me in, in intric- intricately connected to our uh, electronics and fiber optics uh, are able to uh, clarify transference of information because the, there's is uh, an easy movement in the way that uh, the uh, transference of information passes through the, the fiber. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very odd looking kind of uh, substance because it doesn't look like anything. It just looks like thin little pieces of plastic, but it has uh, many uses. And these, uh, w- when it was first discovered, the application of the, uh, the use of these fibers would not known. But as time went on, and and different labs, like Bell Labs, which was a very uh, big uh, uh, classified uh, branch of the government, they they did uh, things that were uh, under R&D, and uh, these things never were announced because they were still under research, and so they didn't have to uh, reveal anything especially if it was under the cloak of national security. And uh, these these items that were brought out of the Roswell crash, of course, had to be studied in, in depth at uh, specific labs across the country. And uh, the secrecy that had to be contained uh, while studying these, these items uh, went hand in hand in with... Uh, Taking uh, action with these ob- with these uh, products and intricate, intricately utilizing them into their own um, companies. For instance, if Motorola, which is mentioned as one of the labs that was brought into the uh, R and D area, if Motorola w- was uh, in control or in uh, was studying this uh, debris from the Roswell crash, and anything that that was uh, relevant to their to their uh, technology could be integrated. It would be pushed right into their hands. And Bell Labs uh, and Motorola were the uh, forerunners of uh, the phone, the telephone that we all, you know, ha- ha- have in our hand every day. <laughs> And this is what Steve Jobs uh, created—a uh, a fantastic computer into uh, our phone. So, which is a multiple-use uh, item, very complex item, and uh, it's uh, it's it's a almost a magical device when you think about the capabilities of these uh, these Apple phones and what they can do and. What they're going to be able to do in the future. I want know. the infrared long-distance uh, video quality in low light, please. And it tells you your health conditions every morning <laughs> when you press a button. If your if your your blood circulation is good, it tells you. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, you got the watches for that now, and it? yeah, it's amazing what the technology is giving uh, uh, humans uh, to eliminate.
1: Yeah. Just keep it on the outside of your body. I think is probably a <laughs> good idea in general. If I, uh, you want my personal opinion,
0: I think that the uh, the people that love this stuff want more of it because they they see the potential in in the uh, technology. Because well,
1: it's good marketing.
0: Americans are great marketers. Mad money is behind it too.
1: <laughs> Mad money.
0: Mad, Mad money. M- big money. Just big like
1: money. the uh, what was that? Like fifty four billion more dollars in the budget for the space force that's coming up. I was reading about uh, earlier 50 million? No uh well 50 it's maybe it's more I'm sorry it's only it's only um Oh no I got to find it again. <laughs> it was some billions though. Oh what's a billion? No it's, peanuts. it's a, today's it's, a,
0: it's it's today's million is a billion. It's the new, the new million. Yeah, you know they have to change that TV show. How to marry a millionaire? Now it's how to marry a billionaire.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was up there. There's there's um, they're going to expand it. They want to expand the space force to be more involved with missile defense systems and a satellite system for. Does, <laughs> doesn't it sound like? Doesn't it sound like the, the There's a big again, business. The 70s and there's, 80s all It over. sounds
0: like there's a big business yeah. going on in space, you know, they're, because they're doing a lot of... Uh, I, I remember the... What was it? it? was Star Wars,
1: wasn't it? It was the satellite system that...
0: From, oh, the S- the, the SDI, system. yeah, the, the Strategic Defense here Initiative. here we are again. Yeah, because don't forget, that, that program didn't stop. The Strategic Defense Initiative... They, all they have to do is change the name of it, mm-hmm. and it's back online again. <laughs> because the but when the budgets come up for, for, for Congress to approve money for these these programs, they get reevaluated every year. So they get higher and higher. The black budget for the uh, mm-hmm. defense program down in the, in the SDI program was a peanuts compared to today. Yeah, tell me about it. And and as the, it's
1: almost like the space instead of space exploration, you know, space uh, program funding, it's becoming defense, missile, satellite defense. Yeah, because this the 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 space treaty. Where
0: do you draw the line? We don't really know what they're spending all that on. There was a space treaty (laughs) signed. Did you know about that? Space international space Mm -hmm. treaty. Yep. Because of the. the different nations that want to, uh, explore space, whether they want to, uh, develop, uh, exploring, uh, asteroids and start mining, mining the, uh, elements that are in, uh, these asteroids, which is a big business in the future. These asteroids are loaded with, uh, lots of stuff that we could use here on earth. So, um, I wouldn't put any anything out of the uh
1: I found it. So this was March 28th um and this is a 40% on, uh, increase. Airforcetimes.com a 40% increase in Space Force budget. The US Space Force 24.5 billion funding request for fiscal 2023 represents a 40% increase over last year. Hmm. 40% increase. 40% increase. Okay, that's pretty significant. Driven by an urgency to build, to build out the Department of Defense's space-based missile warning and tracking architecture.
0: Yeah, and that budget is in the uh, in the uh, the budget that Biden is trying to it push. It doesn't through.
1: seem to matter who is in power. We just spend, 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 spend. Mm-hmm. Since Keep 9/11, printing. eleven, we've been on a mad, Key printing, rush. Keep printing.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, the printing is a running started, out of isn't ink, it? you know. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, so tonight we uh, we spoke about the uh, importance of the Majestic 12 and the people that are on it, which I, I continually call them very special people. And uh, when you're a member of the Manhattan Project, you are a special person because you were committed to uh, protecting the Americans. And uh, the development of the atomic bomb was... Uh, <laughs> was a, a massive cover-up to keep that information from being known when the uh, the Russians got wind of uh, the weapon the uh, the search was on to get that information and transport that information to the Russians and um, the couple called the uh, back in I guess in the 50s Eisenbergs, or the Rosenbergs right, right. the Rosenbergs were who were uh, executed for espionage for transferring the information to the Russians and I think that's uh, accurate and it, it just shows to show you how, how special uh, classif- uh, special ob- sp- special programs that are classified are, are really important to be kept classified. Because once that, that, that classification is put on something, it's uh, very hard to get it declassified. When, when, the, uh, when the White House announced that they were going to release a declassified uh, report on these objects that were seen over the, uh, the uh, California coast, I, uh, I was hoping, I said, oh, they're going to release something. Hmm, hmm. So when they did release it, it was de- it was declassified. And then I heard reporters that were uh, on the news saying, who wants to see it declassified? I want to see the, the classified report. So they
1: release the same thing everybody already
0: has. Yeah, so they just keep releasing the same BS year after year. And uh, unless they have to, they're going to keep this quiet. And that's mentioned in the last paragraph of the Majestic 12, a briefing document for Eisenhower. It says that a contingency report would be set up in case the subject had to be presented to the American public. And this contingency report had a top secret cover too
1: so far so good they haven't had to go there but yeah it makes so you wonder, there's no isn't? need to
0: know to it release makes you it. wonder how
1: close we've come to like an accidental you know I you think if if it was americans you know there'd be one crazy guy to get in the ship and fly into saturn or something <laughs> yeah you know. but so far it hasn't happened they, they're a little smarter than average human i guess
0: yeah i hope so <laughs> because the these humans here aren't too uh too smart <laughs> I just hope that uh, we don't have to look at uh, these creatures as a menace. I hope that they're more... Um, we here, get the good ones. Yeah, that we have the good ones here yep. that are trying to help us. Well, we get lots of good ones here on this podcast. Yeah, and we will continue to advertise the the very big theory that uh, we are not alone. That's right, and you're never alone
1: around... UFO's Top Secret. So come back and see us Tuesdays. Tuesdays we're here. Unless we get abducted, today, we'll be 7:00 here. 6.30 today, 7 o'clock today. Sometimes a little later. It depends. We're yeah. doing a little last-minute research and what have you. But we will always tell the truth
0: and uh, try to uh, try <laughs> to dig a little deeper then. And, and just keep pounding at, at this uh, this evidence that has been released in the uh, Majestic 12. It, it, just, it just goes past the line of uh of fabrication it just points out that uh, something this important could be and, classified and for how long
1: they've been able to keep a lid to on keep it
0: this lid on it and if it was fake wouldn't somebody want to come out and say it oh yeah i fake these things that would be the biggest thing but no one has come out the truth
1: has a way of leaking its way out too
0: yeah well so curiosity long uh, live the uh whistleblower yeah you know curiosity okay. killed the cat you remember that story uh, I, I hit that early. <laughs> <laughs> I have a jumpy finger.
1: All right, guys. We'll All see right. You good next night. Week. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye UFOs bye. Top Secret with Bob Bria. We'll see you Tuesday.